Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like Dan Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty is also host at Lockdown Tigers. Make sure you give that a listen. Uh, you can find me at Twitter, at BrianFisher971. You can find Scotty at Twitter, at Bentley Scotty. We are free and available on all platforms as well. Thank you for making us your first. As well as YouTube. As well as YouTube, up to 117. Gained two more listeners since <laughs> yesterday. Uh, we, are, we are ever-growing, ever-growing. Ever-growing, baby. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, Scotty, did exactly what we told them to do. They went out there and they beat the Buffalo Sabres again. Much closer game today in Buffalo, uh, but they complete the series sweep. And after what was a pretty abysmal first period, they gathered themselves nicely, especially in that latter half of the third period, fought back from a 2-0 deficit and clinched the win. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it was. I did not think you said fought there. I, th- I thought you just dropped an F-bomb. I'll I was listen like, back. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like the word, right when you said back, I was like, oh, fought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoa, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're riled up, baby. Woo, let's go. Let's go. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the first two periods were abysmal. The The team looked pretty rough, and we all thought we were in for, oh, my goodness, why can we not win on the road? They don't even have home ice advantage in Buffalo. Like 12 people were at the game. It was awful. I felt so bad. Like literally 12 people. It it was remarkable how empty the stands were and how quiet it was. It it, it felt like the bubble where like there were no fans. And Larkin even said that after the game. He's like, yeah, we played in front of empty stadiums last year for like the whole season. So like this was really like we were used to it. We were like, damn. That's Uh, Especially the game before. Like LCA was almost sold out against Buffalo. Oh yeah, on, no, uh, I was, on oh, it was there. It was a little. It was a little nuts. A little yeah. So like the the going from from that to this was a was a hell of a a, a downstep. But but yeah, the first two periods were were pretty atrocious, and uh, then the third period was a. I mean, clearly a, a much bigger pep in the step, and then overtime was all Red Wings. So, not to derail the conversation, but I'm just like looking at myself on the webcam, and I just noticed you that look now. Great, I'm... man. Thank you, appreciate it. You look now really missing... cute today, yeah. Thanks. I thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, now cute. I'm missing two blinds in my window. I'm just looking now, and the second one fell on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just slowly getting bigger and bigger. Like there's just a gap in my blinds. Yeah, in and, like uh, six months, you're just not gonna have blinds. I'm gonna have to just use more and more jerseys to block right, the sun Right there, you go. There you go. Yeah, anyway, look how bright that, the sun is over there. Yeah, oh yeah, real. It's it's, it's bright and sunny <laughs> right now. Uh, anyways, back to what we were talking about. Um, yeah, God bless the Buffalo Sabers because even though the Red Wings were playing like crap in the first two thirds of this game, they were still in it the entire time. And partly, you know, partly again thanks to you know Alex Nedeljkovic doing what he can to keep the team in it. But the Buffalo Absolutely. Sabers being an under-equipped team like they are as injured as they are, it doesn't take much to get back in that game. And, you know, we 
the consistent, the consistently good players on this team are consistently good yet again. Obviously, like we just mentioned, Alex Delkovich uh, made 26 out of 28 saves for a save percentage of 929. His fourth consecutive start, he looked sharp again. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi had another assist in this game and helped facilitate Dylan Larkin's first goal, although he didn't get any credit on that for an assist. Uh, he was in the corner fighting for the puck when Robbie Thabber was able to come in and get it. And of course, uh, Dylan Larkin with the t- game tying goal and the game winner in overtime. It's just, you know, the guys who are going to win you games are going to keep winning your winning you games and pulling the piano on this hockey team. Is that's my new phrase? Apparently, I said that yesterday. Yeah, you're well. you're a big fan of pulling pianos, man. Big fan of pulling pianos. Big fan but of pulling pianos. It was just it's it's a story we've seen a thousand times. The the top offensive line on this team, the top two offensive lines now that they've spread out the talent, um, continue to be real good. And Alex Nedeljkovic continues to be real good. And Moritz Sider, another assist, continues to be real good. And that's how we're winning hockey games. It's not sustainable. At least, I mean, we're halfway through the season now. Maybe it is for the Red Wings. But it's not sustainable if you want to be a championship caliber team. But, like, these are the guys who are going to be the cornerstones of your team. Dylan Larkin's back to being a point, uh, above a point-per-game player. And with the the assist today, Tyler Bertuzzi uh, remains a point-per-game player. This is just... So much talent on this team. Yeah, absolutely. And and they, uh, you know, we talked about yesterday the Bertuzzi kind of, you know, moving him down to the second line and how that would affect the team. And he went out there and was on the second line again tonight. Um, and it it worked again. He, he was creating havoc in front of the net. He got, what, one point, two points? Yeah, one, but he, like I said, he, I think he facilitated that goal. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did talk about that. Before we got on air yeah the uh so so he like got the assist um he he's clearly such a different difference maker and they even asked blashell about it after the game and and kind of the you know the status of the lines and and burp playing down in, in the second line two games in a row and he, he said look this is uh all a, a praise thing of of bertuzzi and the fact that we can go from having one really good line and then moving Bert down to two, and he says, now we feel like we have two really effective lines that can produce and score. And that's exactly what we talked about yesterday. That's exactly what we us. said. Right. I mean, that, obviously, there's no other way he would have been able to, you know, he's not as smart as us. Duh. Jeff Blash, a um, big Lockdown Red Wings fan. Yeah. He, I mean, you've you've bumped into Jeff. Yeah, you know, once or twice, you know, down there at the, in the old <laughs> LCA. Jeff. Uh, <laughs> No, no but, but like the that like that's huge, and and yeah. that's in the status of a a a team that has had such a productive first line, like genuinely one of the more productive lines, period, in hockey for a long time this year, and being able to to spread that out and make one change and keep that first line just as productive as it was, while also then making your second line a hell of a lot more effective is unbelievably valuable. Yeah. It's like we were talking about Bertuzzi is going to be a competent, not above level forward on any line you slot him in. And, you know, Blaschel, as we were talking yesterday and um, guessing that that was speculating that that was the reason he's basically flat out said it, you know, Bertuzzi is the forward who's producing the most on this team. And you move him down to the second line because of his style of play, he's going to produce. And, you know, we saw it. obviously that Nemesnikov goal was a shorthanded goal assisted also by Moritz Sider, but you know, he's able to get the puck across 
uh, cross crease for Vlad Nemestikov to make a nice little play, who, again, didn't look out of place on the first line. And no, he, he showed didn't. out on the, on the shorthanded goal as well. I mean, he's clearly playing with an extra, uh, extra bit of confidence having been moved up in the lineup. Um, but back to Tyler Bertuzzi on uh, Dylan Larkin's first goal, he was down along the boards, as we talked about, where he excels. He's not afraid of getting into the corners and getting gritty. He was fighting for the puck. Robbie Fabry comes in, knocks his guy down, steals the puck in the battle, and goes behind the back to uh, send it to Larkin, who had just come off, off of a change when Pew Suter had gotten off the ice. So Bertuzzi didn't get an assist on that goal, but he facilitated it. So he was partly responsible for two of the three goals in this game. And I don't want to go down the entire the conversation we had yesterday, but Bertuzzi's just a threat no matter where he is in the lineup when he is feasting. And he is currently feasting. Who scored a touchdown? <laughs> the Rams just got a pick six. How beautiful. It's about to be 21-0 Stafford, baby. I just saw your face. You did like an O face. Yeah. What's going on? So Kyler Murray's in the end zone about to get sacked for a safety. And he just goes like this so that he doesn't get a safety. And it was a two-yard pick six. So Unbelievable. Points, seven. <laughs> right. Yeah. Great, great decision. But but no, you're absolutely right. And and having that, uh, having that glue guy that can not lower the effectiveness of the top line while then moving Burt down and having the, the second line get bolstered. I mean, that's it's exactly what everyone wants. The vers versatility in players is uh, invaluable, which is basically Absolutely. what I was saying yesterday. Um, we're going to keep breaking down this game, probably talk mostly about Dylan Larkin this next segment coming up. Uh, but first, got to talk to you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year. As we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKDOWN to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Bet online. Bet online. I didn't say it that time. Getting ahead of myself. Letty back to Larkin. Rister scores! Dylan Larkin and the Red Wings sweep the season series from Buffalo as they win it 3-2. The tying goal and the winning goal from the Red Wings captain. All right, Scotty, we're going to continue our conversation. Well, you know that. Uh, of the recapping the second Buffalo Sabres game in a row. The Red Wings again won 3-2 to two in overtime. The third overtime win over the Sabres this season uh, to complete the season sweep of the Sabres. If there's any ever a team to season sweep, it'd be them. And uh, a couple of get-right games for the Red Wings as they now have a two-game win streak. This is, this is a hell of a way to create an upswing as they go into four straight days off because they don't have another game until Friday. Neither here nor there. Dylan Larkin played out of his mind today and uh I'm, I'm getting tired of pretending that he is not an elite one center in this league oh are you yeah i'm getting tired of pretending that he's not yeah i think everyone is it look man like he going into the game he was back down to exactly a point a game back down as if that was bad <laughs> right back down to 34 points in 34 games then he comes out tonight, gets a nice little two piece, two two piece two piece with a side of a dub. Comes back back over a point a game, uh, the game winner, just absolutely remarkable. And and I think 
you know, I, I don't want to keep bringing this back to Bertuzzi, but like, I think that is why it's so possible for Bert to go down is because Larkin is so damn good that if you give him even those like glue level guys and Raymond's obviously not a, not a glue guy. I mean, he's a, you know, hopefully a, a pretty damn good winger in the future. Right. Um, But you know, he's a 19 year old rookie right now and, and you can give him Vlad Nemestikov and a 19 year old and go out there. And as long as Larkin's one C that first line's going to produce. And that's, that that's more value than is measurable. Yeah, and if you would have asked me two years ago what I thought about Dylan Larkin, I would have told you that he's probably on most teams a second-line center. And we've had this discussion before. And that was at a time when the wings were at their all-time worst and the team didn't have a lot of pieces to work with. Uh, the top line was like Bertuzzi and Mantha, and Mantha was going hot and cold. Bertuzzi was going hot and cold, and they just couldn't find a way to gel. And, of course, mm-hmm. injuries were a part of it. And I was just – I was genuinely like, Larkin is just not it, man. Like, he's not a genuine one C. And – how my tune has absolutely changed watching him perform this year. And the one thing that was in the back of my mind that was like casting a little shadow of a doubt, I'm like, okay, well, how much of it is Lucas or uh, how much of it is Dylan Larkin's just absolute like skill? How much of it is him feeding off the talent around him? Well, now they've moved Tyler Bertuzzi down to the second line and they brought Vlad Nemesnikov back up. Lucas Raymond's, you know, despite a goal last night, hasn't really been producing a lot of offense, but Dylan Larkin has continued to thrive on his own Dylan Larkin to what you precisely to what you just said, Dylan Larkin has been the the top line for the Detroit Red Wings. As long as he is one C that top line is going to remain lethal. And he's just continued this season to cement his status as an elite one C. Like you said, he's what? 36 points now in 35 games. 36 and 35. Yeah. He has got a split of 18 goals and 18 assists. He's, a lethal weapon, both, you know, as a goal scorer and a playmaker, he's getting assists and goals at the same clip. So yeah, he might not score 40 goals. He might, you know, but he might get 30 goals and 30 assists for a solid 60 points. He might get 40 goals and 40 assists for a solid 80 points. You know, he's still so young and his talent is still so good that there's really, it's hard to tell where his ceiling is at, especially when he's playing so well this season. And again, he's playing this well with a team that's not complete yet. You know, put a couple more pieces around. I'm not saying that Bertuzzi and Raymond aren't great pieces to have, but, you know, Raymond is still very raw. He's playing great, but he's still very raw. You know, you can get Raymond, once Raymond, you know, hits his prime, imagine how they're going to be feeding one another. Bertuzzi is going to keep doing what he's doing. Like, Larkin is going to feed off of that as well, and he's going to get elevated to an even higher level. Yeah, and and I I think that's another thing that people forget so quickly is how young he is, man. Yeah, twenty four, right? No, twenty five. Like he's, I I mean, because he's been here for six years already. People are like, oh, like you know, Larkin, the veteran, whatever. He's twenty five, dog. Like he's gonna be here for a minute still. Yeah, and that's and 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 he could even take more strides and continue to get better. We've seen so many people hit their prime like their true primes at 26, 27, 28. Like that's not that's you know like he's so young. He's so young and and still has so much more hockey to play for this team and um it's awesome. What it's was awesome. That, what was that factoid like Nicholas Lidstrom didn't win his first Norris trophy until after he was 30 and then he run won yeah. seven in that and final decade of hockey seven. he played. Yes. But he, he won his last Norris Trophy at like 40 years old. 
right. mean, some players, and Nicholas Lindstrom before that was already amazing, but some players right. just continue to grow and evolve until long past their prime should have been. Alex Ovechkin is a perfect example of a guy whose prime should have ended like three years ago, and he's still out there putting up 30, 40 goal seasons. You know, Absolutely. and obviously these are more exceptions to the rules, but Dylan Larkin has continued to grow. Like you said, 25 years old, he could still be getting better. And with the pieces around Having him. Having a career year at 25. Yeah. And as the pieces around him continue to get better, like I said, just going to continue to elevate him further. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing. I, I think there's, there, you know, for what, four of his six-year career, maybe three, maybe four is a little too harsh. For probably half of his career, he's been on some pretty horrid teams. I mean, either teams that were selling people off and like trading away and and selling at every deadline and every offseason and, and actively trying to get worse yeah. than the rock bottom team of 19 where it was just an absolute bleep show. Like the, the there's like he's been on some pretty bad teams with with little to no talent around him and he is such a a playmaker. Like that is truly what he is and and he will score his goals but he is he, he's going to try to find the best opportunity to score even if that's not him putting the puck in the back of the net and, and having right exactly and that that's that's fantastic and and being able to surround him with better talent that can actually utilize his playmaking abilities is going to only make him better and better and i i think that this is like the first year of a slingshot effect for Larkin, man. I think as this team continues to get better, his stats are going to be better than they even are. Yeah, and I think it's almost as if how great Moritz Sider, Alex Nedeljkovic, and Lucas Raymond have been have almost overshadowed how great Bertuzzi and Larkin have been. Obviously, we appreciate it, and Detroit Red Wings fan base appreciates it. But I think outside of our market, people don't quite realize how dangerous Larkin and Bertuzzi have been this season. And I think they're going to, they're going to realize real quickly in the next couple of years, you just gonna how learn. elite Larkin is. You Same with learn. Bertuzzi. This top line, well, top two lines as they move Bertuzzi down, but those two players, the league's going to be put on notice real quickly here about how good they actually are. And it coming from, you know, a person who was skeptical about Larkin just last year and the year before that, I mean, he has been become and becoming still an unreal talent in the NHL. I mean, he's at 18 goals already. He's going to eclipse 30 at the, this rate easily for the second time in his career. He's an all-star for the second time in his career. I think in the eyes of the league, he's an underrated player. And they're going to learn very quickly that Dylan Larkin is not to be messed with. You're going to learn right quick, baby. You're going to learn. You're going to learn today. For real, though, like... There is, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that is, again, a product of him just being on some really bad teams and, and, you know, his Injuries production, him. right. And, and his production lowering because he wasn't given any talent around him. And, and now I, I mean, we're seeing him, we're seeing him finally start to, to blossom into the player that everyone thought he was going to be after his, uh, his, his rookie year at whatever all-star rookie at 19 or 20 or whatever. I mean, he's set the speed record. He, yeah, damn right. And, and so we're, we're, we're just seeing that finally we're within our fan base. We're finally starting to be like, okay, like this dude, one C absolutely can be one C on a championship team. 
And I think it starts within the fan base and then it will, it will grow out as the team gets better, especially right. Like that, that's obviously the, probably the biggest part of it. And uh, the team's on the way up and Larkin's on the way up. And I see those as very linear uh, and, and equal paths. We'll make sure the league knows. We'll make sure. If, if they don't learn, we'll make sure they learn. We'll make sure they know. We'll take them um, to school. Here's Larkin. Scores! Dylan Larkin from Lucas Raymond. And the Red Wings come from 2-0 down to beat the Washington Capitals 3-2. Did you also see this little factoid that the NHL Public Relations put out after Mort Satter's assist? Um, among defensemen to debut with the Red Wings, only two required fewer games than Moritz Sider at 40 games played to reach the 25-point mark. One being Jeff Sharples. The other one, Nicholas Lidstrom. To help, that's some company. That's some company. I don't know who Jeff Sharples is, but man, Nick Lidstrom. That's some company. Uh, you know, I, I heard Lidstrom is, uh, is back in the Wings organization. I don't know. Is he? I, didn't, I hadn't heard that. I heard that. Uh, I heard that you hated it. But hold on now. <laughs> that is that is some falsification of information, uh, right there. Um, no, I, that that's obviously not true. Uh, but it is going to be cool. Like you know, Liddy did say you know he would uh, he he would have the opportunity to like talk to defensemen and kind of work with the defense a little bit, and it, it would be very cool to have Lidstrom talk to, to Mo and, and help him with stuff and be there to answer questions and such. And I, I think Twitter might explode the day that um, Lidstrom comes over for like a weekend or a week or whatever. And uh, you know, is out on the ice next to cider. And if somebody grabbed a picture of that, I think, I think the internet would, uh, would be struggling. T Red Wings Twitter would be that. That would be it for the day. Oh, Hey, I don't have a second ad read. Let's keep going. Uh, I just looked. It's like, oh, cool. We're good to go. Let's keep girl. Let's keep rolling. Let's roll. Uh, no, that would be amazing. But hard shift here. Hard, hard changing of gears. Do you want to talk about your boy, Giovanni Smith? I am always, always down to talk about Giovanni Smith. Because either he makes his presence very well known via a fight or he's completely invisible on the ice. And that prompted my brain, as small as it is, and as few IQ points as there are, to think what is his long-term role on this team and is he a sustainable piece for this team in the future? And I know he's your boy, and when he gets in the fights, he's, one, he's learning really fast how to beat the crap out of people, you know. Damn right. <laughs> the, the fights this season that he has gotten into, have he's slowly beginning to dominate them as time goes on. Damn right. Um. But I'm more concerned about that type of player's role, how long it can be sustainable, and whether or not it's part of the long-term outlook for this team. And I love Giovanni Smith, and I love what he brings. But can it be a cornerstone for this team going forward? And he's only 23 years old. I just want to put that out there right now. Yes. Um, so I, I think it's definitely fair given the, the current level of production and style and everything. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a fair thing to bring up. I, I think that there is absolutely a role for him. And, and we all know, you know, he's <laughs> one of my favorite players ever. 
So we can, <laughs> we, we can, we can, we can start with that. Like, okay, like whatever, maybe a slight bias. Sure. But regardless, I, I do think that there, there is a role for him and the production would need to go up for that role to be uh, solidified within the future plans of the team. Absolutely. But in the in the same breath, I think that putting having like a fourth line grinder like that, who you are not afraid of having him be in the box for five, you know, it, it's not a it's not a huge loss, and I think that kind of stuff takes the pressure off of so many other players. You you don't you're not going to have to worry about. Uh, you're not, you're not going to have to worry about any of your like top six getting in a fight and, and going out and missing a significant chunk of time. And you can just be like, all right, we, we want to retaliate. Let's send Giovanni out there. You know what I mean? And, and, not, and again, I, I do think at the end of the day, if he wants to solidify himself for the future plans, that will, that will probably always be his bread and butter. However, the, the production would need to step up. And... Some of that hopefully just comes with getting older and getting more experience. Uh, some of that might come with getting a few more minutes. I mean, he's been playing like eight minutes uh, a, a game for a, a lot of games, and it's hard to get too much production out of that. But he's also, I mean, he's a he's a fourth line dude, third line at best. So like, in in his current state, and and I, I you know, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and ever be a be a top six forward for a competitive team or anything. But I do think. That, I mean, we've seen flashes of really good passing with the puck. He's super. I mean, he, he's a super unselfish player. Uh, I, I think if you get another decent, you know, third or fourth line goal scorer down there that could also produce and and put him on a line with Giovanni, you you could see some stuff happen. Yeah, actually, I agree with everything you you said except for one thing, and that's that his production has to go up. To be honest, I, and I don't know how I, I don't think long term he's still young, and that's where that's the biggest benefit to him is his type of role is very niche. I don't think his type of role needs a lot of production, but I sure. think his type of role is very time sensitive, more so than other roles. Sure, you know, uh, any guy who plays a very physical hockey game tends to fall off way faster than guys who are skill based. Unless there's like some, you know, external circumstances like injury. So while I don't think Giovanni Smith actually needs to start producing more, I think his role is very niche in that he'll always kind of be a fourth line, you know, fringe hockey player on this team. Like, can, like sometimes will be a healthy scratch, sometimes you won't. I think his role is always going to be put him in the lineup if you want a spark of fire under the team's ass. Put him in the lineup if you want him to go out there and bring some physicality because the team's playing like a bunch of wusses. And I think that's fine because I think this is where you have to start balancing. And this is where I agree with you. I think you just have to start balancing expectations because it wouldn't be fair to Giovanni Smith to expect him to score, you know, a, you know, a ton of points. He's not, the expectations aren't the same as they would be for a Michael Rasmussen or Phil Zadina. Cause those were ninth and sixth overall picks. Giovanni Smith wasn't that, you know, he got drafted with the Red Wings having much knowledge about what he is. His role on this team is going to be the guy who's going to get into fights. That's what they want out of him, and I, I'm, I'm okay with that. But I'm just how, how much stamina is there in that role? I look at a guy like Luke Wachowski, who isn't really all that old, but now struggles to get into an NHL lineup because, you know, without the skill set to remain in the league, 
you know, he struggled. He doesn't, I think last I checked, and it's been a couple of weeks since last I checked, he had one point at the AHL level. And the guy's only 31 years old, and he's already fallen out of the league for pretty much all there is. Yeah. Now, Smith's only 23, so he could still have a, you know, a nice six or seven year career with the Red Wings and be a part of their future, so to speak. But with him, point production is not really the thing. It's just how fast will the skill set fall off when you're the enforcer type. Sure. So I guess my my question would then be, what would you say he would need to do to maximize his stay in the Red Wings or in the league period then, if there is um, any? Probably well, obviously, obvious one for a guy like him is stay healthy. You can't get injured too sure. much getting into too many fights. But I think a, a lot of the reason why these enforcer type players fall off the league is because they can't keep up with the speed of the game. And he doesn't have he doesn't have trouble keeping up with the speed of the game from what I've seen. But just being able to keep quick feet, quick feet underneath you, so you keep up with the game's pace when you are playing. Because while you are just getting thrown into the lineup sometimes to get it into a fight, um, if you can't keep up even on the fourth line level, you're going to be more of a detriment out there than, you know, the boon of getting into a fight's going to bring you. You have to be able to have enough hockey IQ and get have enough speed to keep up with the game, even if you're not producing points, so to speak. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think my, my dream scenario would be that... Top line 30 goal scorer. Well... You want I... him to be Brad Marchand. <laughs> sure. But I, I think my realistic dream scenario um, would be to him him kind of peeking out at like a a really like like a third line winger and I, and I think the you know if, if he's not in the box once every other week or something he can get you a goal um, maybe. Uh, the the biggest thing with him we haven't seen too much goal scoring really at at except that um, one goal he had that was an absolute it, rocket. It was a snipe show yeah um we haven't seen too many examples of of him putting the puck in the back of the net but his his passing has uh kind i mean it's it's looked good i i think his his ability to see the ice is is really a, an underrated asset for him and something that he's a lot better at than people give him credit for and so I, I guess my my perfect scenario would be that he continues to be the enforcer, obviously stay healthy first and foremost, but continues to to be that enforcer f role. And, and up at the third line, maybe he can get up to like that 11, 12-minute mark instead of down in like the 7 to 9-minute mark. Um, so he's having more opportunities to kind of stand up for his, his teammates and is out on the ice just more often in general. And – with that, then we we find we, we get more depth, whether that I mean, we, we've talked about a million times that we need center depth and such. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, in my eyes, the his situation will have. That's not even what I want to say. The the team getting better will have a large impact on his situation going forward, uh, maybe even more so than just how he continues to progress. Yeah, and I love what he brings to the team, and I love the the tenacity that he has. And so him becoming a, a constant fixture on that third or fourth line, you know, instead of being in every you know occasional healthy scratch, just slide in the lineup to put some fire. I mean, right. That would be a huge boon to the team because having a guy like that who has enough skill to stay in the lineup every day, I mean, that that's I keep saying it, but invaluable. Right. I mean, just and, right. You need but that exactly. kind of guy. And I, and I think 
I again, he he's never gonna go out there and and score, you know, thirty goals, probably even 25, 20 goals. But I'd be like, happy with like fifteen as his career, right? Guy. But like, if 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 he can go out there and and continue to improve his passing at, at the level that it's already at, and and um, if if he can go out there and, and get twelve minutes a night and put teammates in, you know, not turn the puck over, put his other line mates in situations where they could maybe get some scoring opportunities. And whenever he's on the ice, have the opponent's head be on a swivel. I, I will gladly take that. Wonderful. I completely agree with you, man. Uh, you have any final thoughts? Um, Go Stafford. Yes. I wanted to make fun of you for something. I don't remember what it was. No, there are you so much to choose from. No, there was some. We I think we brought it up earlier. I had some. Now I don't remember it. Oh, did you see the video I tweeted today? From the uh, Lockdown Wings account. I what? No, I did see something. Oh shoot! Now I'm drawing a blank because I did actually. Oh, no, it's it's literally just us saying we ball. I, I clipped it from a from a video from a few days ago. Oh, I meant to do that. Uh, well, good on you for actually doing it because I'm an idiot. No, no, no. <laughs> it was just I, I was going through and checking out the YouTube today and like you know, um, seeing the, the the content standards, and uh, <laughs> and that was um, and I came across that one part and I was like, oh, I'm clipping that. So I oh, did. this was a particular favorite of mine. Is it the horse one? It is the horse one. If my camera. Yeah, I was pretty proud of that one. Yeah, that was, was a pretty, pretty funny one. one. Um, um, no, but we ball. That's we, that's, we that's absolutely the final Absolutely. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis insight from Lee Sterling. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It is free and available on all platforms, just like us. Um, we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow for you guys. Same time, same place. See your team every day. Every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.